0: Yeah, I got a D-Stacks beat. Listen to the beat, y'all. Come on, D-Stacks, bring it in.
1: to queens on the road podcast this is latavia here and before we get into today's episode it is time for call. Oh. Oh.
2: Oh.
1: so i would like to thank mr eric green and shante Usman for their donations to queens on the road podcast please keep it coming i so greatly appreciate the support thank you so much Let's get into today's episode. So I have my bestie, Louis, here with me today. Hey, Louis, what's up?
2: What's going on? I'm glad to be back.
1: I'm glad to have you back. So we're going to do our segment of news from the past month. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's roll.
2: Before we get into it, I would like to talk about the last episode that aired last week. I thought that was an amazing episode giving people in the disabled community, you know, information on how difficult it is to find employment. I'm going through it right now. I haven't received any calls back yet. So I'm hoping something turns up in the future, but yeah, it's difficult. Like once they see us, they automatically have an impression like they didn't expect to see us how we physically are, but we have to use our voices and keep fighting and show them that we could do anything that anybody else could do
1: yeah i mean it is frustrating it is definitely definitely frustrating and i think it's something that needs to change but i think it starts with us too like we have to keep persevering through those challenges so you're definitely right we just have to keep putting ourselves out there no matter what and eventually something will stick of course So our first story is all about states housing high-need foster care children in offices and hotels. I think this is so sad, guys. This is very sad. So basically, because of COVID and because of other extraneous factors like not having places to put foster care children who have needs. So basically, they have mental health needs or they have physical needs. So because a lot of people don't have the training to deal with this population, they don't like bringing them into their homes and foster care a lot of the times, unfortunately. But the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated this issue. So they have to house a lot of these children in hotels and different foster care facilities because they just don't have anywhere to put them, or they bounce them from hotel to hotel to hotel. Adds to more trauma.
2: Yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous.
1: It is. And it's very sad because these children already feel like they're not loved. Sometimes their parents give them up or sometimes ACS takes the children because of neglect or things like that. So they already don't feel loved. And then you're bouncing them from home to home to home. They don't have stability. And then the foster care facilities and people that they are trying to put them with don't have the knowledge or the training. So it is so very sad for these children. And my heart goes out to them them and we really should consider taking more children who have special needs into our homes because they need a home too they need to feel loved too
2: so are there like any type of solutions
1: No, right now, because of the COVID-19 pandemic and a lot of foster parents, you know, are afraid of contracting the disease. And the only thing that they have done is put them in hotels for two weeks until they can find someone to take care of them. Or then if they can no longer do it, you know, then they get put back into a hotel. So it's just a vicious cycle that somehow we need to find it in our hearts to stop, guys.
2: So, our next story has to do with the people that take care of us in the form of doctors. What? Yes. Apparently, in a study that just came out in Health Affairs, doctors are opening up about turning away patients with disabilities.
1: You have got to be kidding me. I need to hear more about this.
2: Yeah, definitely not kidding you. Apparently, they come up with certain excuses such as I am not the doctor for you or I'm not taking new patients or I do not take your insurance, which now that I think about it, I've heard that last one many times.
1: Why are they saying that?
2: apparently, they're not educated in taking care of people with disabilities. A lot of them don't have any knowledge of the ADA yet.
1: That is crazy. And now that I think about it, I've heard that a lot of times, too. We don't take your insurance.
2: And a- Apparently, one of these physicians that was a part of these studies said that the ADA Act actually works against the physicians.
1: Excuse me?
2: Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. ADA Act is there to protect us people in the disability community. And I don't see how it would work against the doctors who are supposed to treat everyone fairly and take care of us.
1: Yeah, so you know what? This actually leads itself to a bigger issue. And that comes back to quality of life and that's the way doctors assess everyone they go off a quality of life which I think is unfair to people with disabilities because quality of life is so subjective right so what you don't see as a quality of life because we're rolling around in wheelchairs or because we have a disability doesn't mean that we don't have a quality of life right so it lends itself to a larger conversation about should doctors really be assessing off of quality of life as don't think they should because then we fall in the category of not having quote unquote a good quality of life and that may impact our care
2: so you're telling me that they see us and by just looking at us they determine if using all of their knowledge is worth treating us or not
1: i'm saying that they go off of quality of life so if they feel like you're not going to be able to be as productive as you can be from a wheelchair then they're gonna say okay is it really worth treating Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's possibly or could be reflected in the way that they treat us you know story Story time. time So I remember one day when my mom and I got into a car accident and I had to be rushed to the ER. So they took x-rays and everything and I got diagnosed with whiplash. So 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by. And I'm still laying on the stretcher waiting for the Tylenol that the doctor prescribed me, right? Because I was in so much pain. So I've been 30 minutes go, by, right? I said to the nurse, excuse me, nurse, but I've been sitting here waiting for Tylenol for so long. Can somebody please bring me some Tylenol? So she says, I'm so sorry, but we have other patients that we got to attend to. And you know, they're able to get up and move around. So you got to give me one more minute. I said, wait a minute. So just because I'm not able to get up and move around, you think I'm going to lay on this stretcher in pain after i waited 30 minutes i think not so i said i would like my talent on now please she says oh you're a feisty one okay you know what i'll go get the talent for you right now and you can speak up for yourself so i said this story just to say that sometimes quality of life may impact you know how they treat us what they decide to do for us or what they decide not to do So we have to be very careful. But it is important to note that not all doctors and nurses are this way. There are doctors and nurses that feel like people with disabilities are people too. And we have to take care of them the same way. But it does lend itself to a bigger conversation that we need to have about quality of life and whether doctors should be assessing based on that because it is so subjective. You got a D-Stacks beat? guys is a bit of a doozy and is a bit of a head shaker and concerning so hold on buckle up your seatbelts and get ready for this one while I break it down to you guys buckle Buckle up up and and get get ready ready. so this is called the supreme court case could sharply limit disability rights so the case is known as teleski versus the health and hospital corporation of marion county and basically, the estate of Georgie Telleski, who is no longer living, is alleging that he was chemically restrained and medicated so that he would go to sleep instead of being treated for his dementia while living in an Indiana nursing home. So, the lower court determined that Telleski's estate could sue the nursing home under the Nursing Home Reform Act provisions of Medicaid. But the hospital wants to appeal it to the Supreme Court And they're arguing that nursing home residents shouldn't be able to bring suit in federal court.
2: So you're telling me that the nursing home doesn't want the estate to sue them for violating Televsky's civil rights. But under the Nursing Home Reform Act, it states that nursing homes are obligated to meet the standards if they receive Medicare and Medicaid. The act is to protect seniors from physical, emotional, and social abuse and neglect. So they heavily medicated this man in order to keep him sleeping and not treat his dementia.
1: Right. Which is why this case seems so ridiculous. And I don't even know why they're bringing it up to the Supreme Court. And it can really, really affect everything else. Cause let's look at it. If the Supreme Court basically says, you're right, nursing home residents shouldn't be able to sue the federal government for things like that, then it can affect supplemental nutrition assistance program, children's health insurance program, temporary assistance to needy families, and much, much more. You want to know how? Because if the Supreme Court says, hey, you can't sue the federal government for violating your rights or for doing anything illegal, then that means When we feel like, hey, the federal government is not being fair to us and not giving us the services that they promised us and that they mandated to give us, we can't sue them. So basically, all those things would go away because now you're allowing the federal government to decide if they want to give it to us or not, which I think is ridiculous.
2: So if the Supreme Court decides in favor of the nursing home, does that mean everything could be stripped away from us?
1: That's exactly what it means. And then not only that, it can seep into other areas as well. It can go into Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, which bars discrimination based on sex, as well as Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, which speaks to discrimination based on race, color, or national origin, and Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, which prohibits disability discrimination. And the reason why that is, again, is that if you tell the federal government they don't have to oblige by giving us the things that they're supposed to give us or that they're mandated to give us, then they don't have to provide us with these other things. So this is a serious, serious Supreme Court case that we should be looking out for, guys. We should be, I don't know, marching or really, really speaking up against this because it can unravel everything that has been done for us over the decades. We still need more done. So if we're going backwards, we don't need to. We need to go forward because there is still more that needs to be done for us. So we definitely just need to speak up more and speak out more, especially about this case, because it can have huge implications for our future. The Supreme Court is expected to hear this case on November 8th. It is that soon, guys. November 8th. I cannot believe.
2: So yeah, we definitely do deserve the rights we have. And to just be stripped away from them, I feel like that in itself would just be a crime by the federal government. I'm hoping they have some common sense on November 8th to do what's right.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, I lost my faith in the Supreme Court system, but I really, really hope they take a long, hard look at the Supreme Court case and they do what is right by us.
2: And shoot, if they don't, we're going to march. All disability community, we got to come out, use our voice, march, and let's be heard.
1: I'm definitely feeling that. Okay, Louis, I think we have another, like, Martin Luther King Jr. in the making, y'all. I see it coming. I see it coming.
2: Oh, no, that's you. You are our leader.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. I think that's you. I'm going to give that to you.
2: All right, guys, if only you knew what happens behind the scenes. I just mentioned Disney and our dear host is singing the Bruno song from Encanto.
1: Yes, because that is one of my favorite Disney songs. And you got to remember that I work with children all day and it's the most popular song still out. So that's all they want to hear. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no. (laughs) So it's like one of my favorite songs right now. But wait, does that mean we're talking about Disney?
2: Yes, it definitely is. So Disney did a wonderful thing in helping out children with disabilities this past Halloween.
1: What? I wish I knew about it beforehand.
2: Yep, so do I. So apparently they offered eight adaptive costumes and five wheelchair covers allowing children to dress as iconic characters like Jasmine from Aladdin or Woody or Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. So these costumes were easily stretchable for them and they were open in the back so that they could come off easily and put on easily. So I think that's pretty awesome for Disney to do.
1: Wow, I just looked up some right now. And you see wheelchair covers too, where you could be a whole Cinderella carriage and it goes right over the wheelchair. I think that's super awesome. Where were these costumes when we were growing up? I mean, I would have wanted some of these costumes. And just FYI, Disney, you know, adults still like to go trick-or-treating. So if you can make some adult costumes for next year, you know, and hook us up, we would greatly appreciate it.
2: Yeah, they even have Black Panther in there too. So I think that's pretty cool. I think they should also add like Mufasa or Mulan or Hercules. I'd definitely be Hercules next Halloween if they do add that to the lineup.
1: Yeah, I think it's super great. I can imagine everybody for Halloween was probably a character from Black Panther because you know the movie's coming out, which I can't wait. It's coming out like around my birthday. Holla. I'm so excited for that. But yes, Disney definitely hook us up with some adult Costumes. I want to go trick-or-treating again. I am a big kid at heart, okay? So please hook us up with some costumes. I can really use them. You got a T-Stack beat? You got a T-Stack beat? You got a
2: So a very uh, famous quote that I've heard throughout my life is, uh, those mouths don't get fed. So I just think that means don't be afraid to use your voice. Express what you want, what you need, and uh, don't let anybody talk you down.
1: Yeah, and I think that is super important, especially with the Supreme Court case on the horizon and just everything in general, right? Your voice matters, your opinions matter, and we just need to make sure that we are heard. So on that note, folks, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate you. Louis, thank you again for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here and I'm looking forward for the next one.
1: Yes, always. So guys, if you would like to read more about any of the stories we presented in today's episode, you can go to disabilityscoop.com. Again, the website is disabilityscoop.com. And I will put the links to all the stories that we discussed in my YouTube comments below. And I'll put them in the streaming service as well. So you guys can read them because I think the Supreme Court case is very important for all of us to read. Again, guys, thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for running the numbers up. And again, if you would like to donate to Queens on a Road podcast, I have a Patreon account. There's four tiers up there for you to choose from. So please, if you decide to support the show, please support the show through there. You guys are awesome. Thank you again so much. And we will see you next week.
2: Bye! Subscribe, like, and share. Don't forget to smash that like button.